1: I guess as time goes on I'll grow to miss it less than I will now
2: Commerce Monday in West Central Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, tied 100.9 FM. Travis Reyer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247 Sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier right there at fifteen thirty. McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. I told you at the end of last week, you got Mother's Day coming up. Take care of mama. Goodness knows she's taking care of you, right? Take care of mama on Mother's Day with something sweet and delectable. From Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together we combine to form the 60 minute woo of Sports Talk Radio. And I can just envision Jacob Harrison right now with the buzz, the buzz that Jadevian Clowney,
3: Javidian,
2: Javidian, Javion Cohen, no, excuse me, Jadevian Clowney might very well be a brownie. Got you shaking in your boots, doesn't it, Mr. Steeler fan? In oh. Harrison, you're, you're fetal right now thinking about Jadevion and those Browns.
3: Yeah, you know, he and uh, Miles Garrett might combine for 20 sacks next year. Uh, I mean, Miles might have all 20 of them, but, you know, that, that'll be great. Good for them. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm being facetious, of course. Uh, I think Jadevion's pretty much washed. And so, uh, you know, if he goes to the Browns, I don't think the Steelers are uh, going to be uh, assuming the fetal position anytime soon. Jadevion Clowney in terms of highlight plays throughout his career. I mean, outstanding. But has it been the career we sort of anticipated? Jadevion Clowney's just 28 years old and he's pretty much down to one year deals, isn't he, at this point? And you go back to Jadevion Clowney as a recruit coming out of Rock Hill, South Carolina, and Alabama was supposedly right there in the mix top two, top three option, there was no way Jedevion Clowney was coming to Alabama. And the reason for that was Jedevion Clowney was a slam dunk NFL player from the jump. It didn't matter where Jedevion Clowney went to college. As far as getting to the league, he was a first-round pick as a freshman at SC. And so he was absolutely going to stay home. And go to South Carolina, and not just because of proximity either. You think about at the time what the expectations were for players at South Carolina under Steve Spurrier and here at Alabama under Nick Saban, and you know already that you're going to the NFL. You gonna push yourself that much? No. It's not a knock on Devion Clowney. If I was probably 17, 18 years old, and I already pretty much knew I had a lotto check, I'd probably go to the place where even the head coach thinks spring football practice and off-season workouts are stupid. I mean, the head coach, as great as he was for much of his career at both, well, at Duke, probably Steve Spurrier was at his greatest at Duke. Nobody talks about that enough. I mean, he won an ACC championship at Duke. Now, there was no Florida State, Miami in the league at that time, but still, Steve Spurrier winning the, SEC, uh, the ACC, I think it was in 89, 88-89, right before he left for Florida, to me is still the single greatest accomplishment on his coaching resume because you still had to deal with Clemson that had it rolling pretty good under Danny Ford there in the 80s. And there were still viable, strong football teams in that league. But Steve never won to really put much emphasis on uh, – on 365, 24-7 type of dedication. And so absolutely Jadevion Clowney was going to go to South Carolina. It made too much sense. And uh, here he is now, kind of nomadic at the end of his career, looking to catch on, perhaps, with the Cleveland Browns. Two zero five, three four two, nine nine zero four is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, you are more than welcome to do so on a winners and losers Monday. Gonna be a lot of winners. For the University of Alabama. Great weekend for UA Athletics. Great weekend weather-wise, wasn't it? I mean, I guess we had some rough stuff Friday night. And I was out so far past my bedtime Friday night. And it became painfully clear in doing so as the weekend progressed. Jacob, I've lost my T-Town fastball. You know, it's official. I'm a soft tosser. I'm kind of like... that end of the line reliever, you know, they can come in and throw some strikes, but uh, the heater, the heater is gone. Uh, that's official now. I can go ahead and confirm that. It was a parents' weekend for the chocolate lady and myself with that youngest daughter, and so Friday night there was a plan, you know, in, into midnight and beyond Friday night. Saturday, get up, let's do a brunch, and then. I had never been to – I guess I had been to one of these plenty of times in my past. But I guess it's evolved into a darty now, they call them. Is that what they're called? Daytime parties or dr- daytime drinking parties or something? I, I, I attempted to make it through the one on Saturday afternoon. I came up about two hours short. So I'm done. It's the official uh, retirement announcement here on Southern Fried Sports when it comes to the – uh the Tuscaloosa nightlife. I'm an old fart. I, I knew that, but that was uh, reaffirmed over the weekend. And it was a great weekend, though. Got to spend a lot of time with the youngest and uh, had a good time with her and her friends and some other folks. And uh, the weather again, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know if you went through campus yesterday, like starting at noon through 6, 7 o'clock. We were down there a good bit passing through on University Boulevard it was officially graduation pictures day on the University of Alabama campus. I mean, you had the co-eds out in the middle of University Boulevard. You had them up there on the Bryant-Denny sort of uh, uh, brick wall there in front of the stadium outside the, 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 the Walk of Champions, the Plaza of Champions, uh, everybody. If, uh, if you didn't know... That spring commencement is upon us. Yesterday would have given you a clear signal. It's here because everybody. It was great to be a freelance photographer in Tuscaloosa, Alabama yesterday because you were getting paid. Everybody, every senior was getting their pictures taken. And it should have. It's great weekend. You also had uh, scrimmage number two. Speaking of Bryant Denny Stadium on Cierd, there on the hallowed grounds. And we'll get into some of that as we move throughout the program. Sounded like a continuation in a lot of ways from scrimmage number one. Maybe a couple of surprise standouts. Hearing that Roydell Williams was very productive at the running back position. I don't know how much of a surprise that is considering that Roydell's is only going into his second year. So probably too early to go ahead and hand him a Heisman or write him off. But good to hear. Because your expectation is that while not experienced, if you're an Alabama fan where the running back position is concerned, that there is an abundance of talent. And so you are reminded that Roydell Williams, as a high school player over there at Hueytown, put up some hellacious numbers. So he's capable. Uh, And you still have Jason McClellan, Brian Robinson. Kind of the down note of it all was the continued sort of injury bug there with that offensive line. A couple more guys going down, including Nevin Neal. The upside of that is you're getting these young guys a lot of reps against some really good guys on the other side. If you're going ones versus twos, it's almost a relief, right, if you're a Tommy Brockermeyer and or a J.C. Latham, that you have to go up to the ones because then you get to work at least against the twos. When you're down there with the twos and you're going against Christopher Allen and Will Anderson – Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So we'll get into some scrimmage talk as we move throughout the program as well. Again, winners and losers. We'll talk some Alabama softball, some Alabama baseball. Hideki Matsuyama, first Japanese male to win a major championship. Gets it done at the Masters. Kind of a raggedy finish over there at Augusta National. But as we've said many times before here on the program, no room for pictures on those scorecards, right? They don't ask how, just how many. And Hideki got it done over in Augusta this weekend. Let's talk to Jeff on the Peterbrook Chocolate studio line right now. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Great. I just want
4: to say, uh, I know it looks like Alabama athletics is pretty, uh, pretty solid. Not, not every sport, but pretty solid. Looks like, uh, you know, uh, I know softball watching
2: some days this weekend, and uh, I know Mr. Murphy got kicked out, didn't he? Well, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and the Alabama Crimson Tide did what it needed to do over in Fayetteville, winning two of three. And Montana Fouts, boy, you talk about dominant! Two complete game wins for the right hander, and she didn't give up an earned run. Yeah, they're uh, good. There's no doubt they got they got the talent. Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean,
4: but uh, it's kind of hilarious him picking that back up, walk them stands though. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> there. I was there to watch him. Watch him do yeah, that. He, yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was arguing. He's arguing balls
2: and strikes, and you don't do that. So not That'll get that. you. That'll get you, you gone. Do but you know, it. you don't mind seeing that. You don't mind seeing that sometimes from your skipper. You know, sometimes you got to well, got to do I that mean, for your team. Well, it's
4: kind of like kind of like stick your last. like sticker the Braves last night. Once they make a call, you don't go out there. And, and, Tough and, one. If, 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 if you do, you should be tossed. Simple as that. Yeah, the you, call's being made. With, you can go on.
2: So, with that yeah. with that Braves-Phillies finish last night and the, the call at the plate that wasn't as far as the Phillies winning run, and uh, Brom not looking as if he, he touched the plate, and uh, even with replay, it was upheld that he scored. Kind of made you wonder, you talk about managerial outburst, Jeff. What about Bobby Cox? Had he been around for that one last night? Uh, oh, yeah,
4: Bobby Cox with it. Poly the would win those he he's a king. Of, he's has the most objections of anybody. See 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 nowadays with replay we don't get that anymore. We don't get the Mm-mm. managers going out and nose to nose umpires. It's the yeah. We don't get that anymore. So that's yeah. one thing about replay I don't like. But uh, I just just wanna say I'm a am uh, a Kentucky fan, so uh, I know we don't have no basketball bro no more. Okay, Calipari can't go through anything so I I know Drew thinks that Wake Rose is gonna pass Calipari one day. He thinks Wake Rose is just the greatest thing. It's just, just John Wooden, I reckon. He's just gonna <laughs> roll his strut. He's gonna roll his strut through the SEC. I don't think we ain't got no basketball program no more. We can't play or anything. And our football program, of, of course, we can't compete with Alabama, but we got Stoops, and you know we're we're trying to try and get up up that level. No, no,
2: Jeff the Kentucky fan checking in, yeah, you know, I think Stoops is doing what you need to do at Kentucky when it comes to football, and that's win a few more than you lose, go to some bowl games, win your bowl game like Kentucky did back in January, beat an eight and three top 25 team in NC State down in Jacksonville. You do that on the regular, you're going to be able to stay at Kentucky as long as you want, and if you're Kentucky. And you're Mitch Barnhart. You absolutely should lock up a guy like Mark Stoops. If he is putting that type of product on the field on a consistent basis. Uh, yeah. Commonwealth stadium, as it was for much of my life, uh, I guess it's Kroger now. Uh, I, I would agree that, uh, no comparison there between Kroger and, uh, Bryant Denny, uh, Rupp has, uh, it's got some moss on it now, but still, uh, Bucket list destination, no doubt about it, for any college athletics fan, let alone college basketball. I mean, you want to go to Rupp Arena. Um, Kind of a role reversal there, I would say, with facilities. Commonwealth is fine. It's always been a decent place to see a game. And it's been sort of that role reversal in terms of fan bases too, right? When Alabama has made that trip to Lexington, you see a lot of crimson Up there in the Bluegrass State. And likewise, in the past anyway, when Kentucky would come down to Coleman Coliseum, at least in those corners, man, be a lot of blue in Coleman. That might be changing, though. That might be changing after our most recent season. And speaking of Alabama basketball, we got to talk about that, too. The ever-expanding roster of Nate Oates' team with Noah Gurley, the Furman transfer, coming on board over the weekend. Wow, what a week in terms of personnel acquisition for Nate Oates and his staff. Started with Charles Bediaco, 6'11 post from IMG, jumping on board. Namari Burnett follows suit, the Texas Tech transfer. And then over the weekend, a guy that Alabama has seen each of the last two seasons while he was at Furman, in Gurley at 6'8". Be interesting to see if he has that kind of versatility as maybe a stretch four. Can he shoot the three well enough? Give you something like a Jordan Bruner, Alex Reese, that kind of guy. We'll see. Let's head back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now and check in with Jay up in Athens. Jay, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, Travis. How you doing, Bud? I am great, sir. Thanks for
5: asking. Hey, just uh, just touch on the baseball. Big sweep this weekend. You know, kind of worried starting off the week. The, the you know, the, the series, because Alabama's not done real well in, in, in College Station baseball-wise, but just taking those three games, and Antoine John looked real good Sunday. So, you know, gets that record back up there, and then you got Auburn coming in this weekend. If we get a sweep there, we're back over five hundred, and, yeah, and I think it's looking up for the guy.
2: I don't think there's any doubt you went through that just unenviable gauntlet of three straight top six teams in the country to open yeah. SEC play, and you had the daylight there. You had a little bit of the door ajar with a three and six Texas A and M team, but you still had to go on the road. And man, I don't care who it is in the SEC, road sweeps in the SEC are like the unicorn, right? I mean, <laughs> th- they're three wins. They're three wins, but they feel like four and a half or so you go on the road and get a sweep. And I thought a big key this weekend, uh, Jay, you tell me in comparison, certainly to the Tennessee weekend, just eight walks all weekend, all three games, and just one error from Alabama defensively. So they, they limited the free outs and they limited the free bases and their stars came through in some Mm -hmm. big spots. And Peyton Wilson continues to be great. I know Denton had a big weekend too, but uh, Dio Doughty with the three-run homer yesterday, and you know those are kind of the things. That's sort of the formula that they haven't been able to bring all together in an yeah. SEC weekend. Well, they finally got it in College Station. It looked like,
5: yeah, they did. And you know, hopefully, we'll get a, a Connor back pretty soon, and and mm. you know, get this thing going. You know, it, because you know we always play. You know, Vanderbilt. We got to go to Vanderbilt at the end of the season. That three game series up there that'll be tough because you know how good Coach Corbin has those guys going up there. So just you know, I'm just I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Going to be down this weekend for a day and going to check out the Auburn series Saturday afternoon. So I'm looking forward to it, buddy.
2: Perfect weekend coming up around here if the weather cooperates with a day with Alabama Auburn baseball. Auburn one and eleven. In the SEC now after being swept at home by Mississippi State. You know, (laughs) in some ways, I don't know enough about Auburn baseball to say, but you may be seeing even more validation of Brad Bohannon. Yeah, that's true. If this is the direction Auburn's going without him. Now, they they may not. They may rebound from this. They may go on a 10-game winning streak for all I know. And, again, I don't know enough about their situation right now. Um, But it'll be something to kind of keep an eye on. I'd say, yeah. Uh, with with that program and maybe how it its trajectory is without uh, a few years removed now from Brad Bohannon being a big part of that over there.
5: You know, you know, Trev, even though Peyton is the baby of the family, that, I mean, him and John Parker are identical twins. <laughs> <How> would, <laughs> I'm serious? Yeah. I mean, you you couldn't you know, tell them apart know, if you put them together.
2: I know they. Uh, there's no doubt it's uncanny (laughs) but the guy i think of the most when i watch peyton wilson is jake mangum who was supposed to come to alabama was committed to alabama ended up going to mississippi state set the sec hits record while there this feels like the make good right for jake mangum (laughs) doing a 180 on alabama a few years ago
5: yeah and uh, what about chase league i mean he's he yeah, stepped a couple,
2: up, couple a, saves. A, yeah, he's
5: big. A Couple saves, and and it, it, I'm just I'm I'm excited, you know. Get back to Birmingham, hopefully, and see how this thing goes. But uh, Travis, you have a great rest of the day, buddy, and we'll talk to you later. Roll tight.
2: Thank you, sir. Thank you for the phone call. You do the same. Jay checking in from up in Athens, Alabama. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Yeah, you can do the same if you'd like to. We're gonna head to our first break, and we come back. More winners and losers from the sports weekend, right here on Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, right after this.
6: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by C Spire. Add C Spire Fiber to your roster at cspire.com slash alfiber. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. Tickets for the 2021 Golden Flake A-Day spring football game went on sale on Saturday. The annual A-Day game, the 15th and final practice of the spring season for Alabama football is set for Saturday, April 17th at noon inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. Our radio coverage will begin at 1130 a.m. General public tickets are being offered at $5 each. Stadium capacity is set at 50% for the spring game. Facial coverings are required for entry into the stadium and to be worn at all times, except when eating or drinking. For any questions, please contact the Athletic Ticket Office and Tide Pride Office at 205-348-2262. I'll have more in a
3: moment.
6: Join us tonight for Hey Coach presented by Alpha Insurance on the network at 6 p.m. Central. We'll be hosting the show live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa and we'll be joined during the show by Director of Athletics Greg Byrne as well as softball head coach Patrick Murphy. We'll also cover the latest in Crimson Tide athletics. The show begins at 6 p.m. and we'll be streaming live as well. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by C Spire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Tide
0: 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a mostly sunny sky. The high today, 82. Fair tonight with a low at 56. Tomorrow, partially sunny and warm. The high, 83. Wednesday, cloudy and cooler. A chance of showers during the day. Maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high, 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
2: Pride sports right here on side 100.9 fm what you need to know is that the peterbrook chocolatier is studio line is 205 342 and i believe we have tom waiting for us there right now what do you say tom how you doing i'm doing good travis and yourself i am doing fine sir thank you for asking
1: i uh, no problem and <clears throat> i'm glad to hear it um uh, you know, Travis. i this basketball thing is mind blowing for me. We uh, we go to the Sweet Sixteen. I'm kind of copying Gary Harris, and then here comes this coaching staff, and I mean, the the airplane engines had not cooled off because they they're rebuilding the Rostum. and uh, now we got more than we can take. Unless somebody leaves. Now, my question for you is, I want you to speculate a little bit, and I know it's all speculation. Who would be moving, or is somebody going pro that we don't know about?
2: Well, we've talked about since the very end of the season, since the loss to UCLA, that it would come as absolutely no surprise if a couple of projected returnees – Explore the NBA draft process without hiring an agent. It would make total sense because you get a couple of opportunities to do that. So if you are a Javon Quinterly, maybe even a Josh Primo, maybe even another guy or two, maybe even if you're Keon Ellis, um, you know you could you could see where that takes you, perhaps. Uh, But when you look at the kind of players Alabama is acquiring here especially via the transfer market the last two with Burnett and now Gurley you sort of look at well what are some specific positions uh, with this team where projected returnees would, 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 would seemingly be on the return but this might be a good indication that at those spots Alabama is going to have some some turnover beyond standard attrition um, you know, and I don't, I, I don't, I'd rather not get into specific names, but <laughs> I, I, think, I think I was afraid Tom, you going go say that. <laughs> I think Tom, if you look at even trends with minutes for some guys and, and they, and these are the, some of these guys, I think might come as a surprise to some folks because they have made, they've made legitimate contributions, strong contributions in some big spots for that 2020, 2021 team. I, I was surprised
1: um, at that one too,
2: but you know, uh, but 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 typically when it gets to this point, there is very much a plan in place, and oftentimes, if not all the time, most times anyway, as long as the there's not acrimony involved in the relationship between the two parties, uh, you got coaches like Oates and others that are working behind the scenes to get these guys in their next stops you know, working very proactively to help them do that as they should, in my opinion, yeah, if it's pretty yeah. much a mutual decision that look, we think you're a really good player. We think you've been great for us. You've been nothing but a, you know, a model sort of uh, person and, you know, how we want the program represented. And, you know, that that should be the effort that every coach makes for a player that that's looking to move, or perhaps the decision's been made that it would be in their best interest to move. So I, I, that's what I would say about it. Um, You know, there are some guys and also in terms of their eligibility status and not that that's going to be indicative of the likely attrition that's going to happen, because I think I think there's some first year guys that are candidates to move on, you know, guys that just completed their first year at Alabama that are talented guys. But, you know, it's a it's a it's a position specific fit. For what Nate Oates wants to do, you know what I mean. There's exactly. not this, and, uh, there's not sort of this wide array he, of okay, we can use a couple of just bangers and back to the basket post, right? Right. Um, we can. It's not well. We can use a traditional point guard in terms of being a facilitator, right? I mean, he he wants he wants in a lot of ways it's positional positionalist basketball, but there are some things that really have to check the boxes just look at the attrition from last year a couple of the bigs that moved on right um JV and Davis and uh, uh Galen Smith they weren't going to step out and stretch the floor from the three-point line right right so if you got a guy or two like that right now um that's where I would probably look the most if there's going to be movement guys that are six six and up uh would be the 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 most likely of movers I would think if it comes down to that
1: yeah uh, the Gurley the Gurley acquisition is really interesting to me Uh, watching him with uh, Furman uh, this guy is a player in my opinion Mm -hmm. and uh, at 6'8 over 200 uh, he can give you a lot of things that we just absolutely didn't have and Against Alabama, he was he was killer
5: <laughs>
2: with the well, way he played against us. You think about how Herb Jones played at that kind of size, right? And we we talk so much about the three point shot and tempo and playing fast, but Nate Oates, I promise you, is considering the other end of the floor as much if not more. And so when he sees a six eight guy that can guard one through four or five like a girlie can potentially yeah he's gonna he's gonna love that too. and the way they yeah. like to switch defensively off the screens and everything um you don't get caught in mismatches on the ball well you know when you're Travis, playing a man, a man and Gurley can do that too.
1: It's interesting you bring that up because the most successful teams in the tournament in my opinion were the teams who had that guy. That could go yep. one through five. <laughs> he could, and, and, You know, it didn't matter who it was. Baylor
2: had, Baylor had
1: exactly.
2: a exactly. They could guard everybody. And uh, they had two or three Herbs, you know. So, there, there's no doubt about that. As grown man as Baylor was getting to the rim against Gonzaga, defensively, it was the same thing in how they got after Gonzaga in that championship game, I thought, anyway. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for checking in, Tom. We always appreciate it, my man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks. There he goes, Tom, checking in on a Monday. Alabama men's basketball, ever-changing roster going into year three of Nate Oates. We'll talk about that some more, I'm sure, in the coming days and weeks here on the program. Going to step aside for a break. We come back more Southern Fried Sports on a Monday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolates. Here, right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Right after this. Pride Sports right here on side, 100.9 FM alongside executive producer Jacob Harrison, who earlier in the program proclaimed that he is in fact not scared, not scared of a potential Miles Garrett, Jadeveon Clowney bookend situation up there in Cleveland, Ohio. As a Steeler fan, Jacob Harrison ain't scared. Probably even got one of those stickers on the back of his ride. Remember those? Ain't scared stickers with the little guy peeing on something? Those were pretty big about a decade or so ago. Thankfully, I think that is among the trends that have moved on. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolateier studio. And by the way, if you are someone you know looking for part-time employment, the chocolate lady's hiring part-time help right now, 205 205- seven, five, two, zero, two, one, one, or stop by the shop. Check in with the chocolate lady and uh, make it happen with Peterbrook chocolate here. You're not going to work many better places. Are you than a chocolate store? She makes you try everything for crying out loud. So you can talk about it. So one of the first things you're going to do as an employee of Peterbrook is sample everything in the store. That's, that's what I do anyway. I don't even get a check, you know? I don't get to sample everything. Even she keeps me out of there. She's smart. We're not going to keep Super Joe out of the program. We're going to check in with Super Joe right now. Super Joe, how What's you on? doing? What's going on, Pat? How you feeling, man? Feeling
7: good, Patnah. Oh uh, man, I tell you, it was a good, it was a good weekend this week. I tell you what, I didn't get a chance to go to the spring, so I can't get in there, but I tell you what, I had a chance to meet the the wife of Pete Golden, You know, very classy lady. You know, and so nice. I met his two children and stuff. And you know, I was walking out there. And I, I said, yeah, I said, I'm, I have everything looking up over there. She, and she said, you know, I said, I mean, I said, I said yeah, I said, what all you got to do to get in there? She said, I wouldn't know if you but, you know, my husband, he's the decent coordinator. I said, oh, so you know, I said, Pete daughter? Yeah, I said, you know, we talked a little bit and stuff, and, you know, and she was talking about a quarterback that looked good and stuff. And, which we know, everybody knows Bryce Young way ahead on the car, but I was hearing a lot of people talk about Jalen Miller a little bit, that, mm-hmm. that would get you good this past Saturday and stuff like that. But I was just saying, you know, and I know I get rebuked for this and I get in trouble. But don't be surprised if Jalen Miro jumps up to be second string quarterback, moves up by the before the season is over. I mean, do not be surprised because I won't.
2: Wow, it I, was I hear about
7: his ability. I hear about his running skills.
2: Yeah. he's very really raw. It was you encouraging got to, to hear some some positivity about the uh, early enrollee. And, and look, the reality of the situation is you're not having to sort of expedite his uh, development, There were. there's going to be, based on where he's from, based on his skill set, there's going to be the inevitable comps to Jalen Hurts for Jalen Milrow, even his name. But in 2016, you didn't have a Bryce Young ahead of Jalen Hurts. You had Blake Barnett, Cooper Bateman. So, and not that they were entirely rushing Jalen, but it just worked out that he was their best option. By about the second quarter of the SE game to open that 2016 season, barring injury, I don't think that's going to be the situation Milro finds himself in as a true freshman. But I hear you. I hear you on the number two type potential. And if you're Paul yeah. Tyson, if you're not going to really put a push into into Bryce Young as the starter, you got to make sure you hold down that number two spot.
7: Yep, yeah, and I tell you what. Uh, let me just go. Plus, a lot of people we got injured right now, they are, they're just keeping them out for a little bit. I heard of uh, Evan O'Neill and I think John Metsch. I, I think he's just keeping yeah. them out for a little while, but they'll be good
2: to go by the time the Miami game starts. Yeah, that's and that's the big thing. The, the The biggest thing right now is you haven't heard things like ACL. You haven't heard things like Achilles. You know, those type of things that based on a time frame, if they happen right now, you're threatening for sure, the start of the season and maybe the 2021 season as a whole. So that's been a real positive. Yes, you've had some guys go out of scrimmages like Evan Neal, like Javion Cohen. Uh, Neil Echior you knew was out. Mechie you knew was out. Malachi Moore on the defensive side qualifies in that category as well. But you said it. Miami is what matters most. And from that perspective right now, it sounds like you're you're still in a good place from a health perspective.
7: Yeah, that's the good stuff. You know, the bangs and bruises are gonna happen all the time. The only thing I get little mm-hmm. when it, when it comes down to season-ending injuries. So it was about a year before last it, it was like uh, it was just like ridiculous, you know. But uh, it was, but it was the same position getting hurt. Once upon a time, when it was when Mike Shuler's culture, we had people most people getting hurt in the offense more than anything. That was, you know. But now, but like I said, we got a, a great strength and conditioning culture right now, Matt Ray, and then you got a. I'm saying the blue, and so I tell you what, though I mean, I'm very, I'm very optimistic, and I tell you, what I'm working on right now is getting my Mississippi State ticket and stuff, and then trying to build up and save money on getting my SEC championship ticket. You know, build up because I'm, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump it early, just like old George Foreman jumping on Joe Frazier in early '73. <laughs> I'm going to jump on this early that way. Hey, you know, you better try to get on it that way. By the time you know, put you put the ticket man in position to deliver, you got your money. Now where my ticket? That's the way. I, that's the way I like to do it.
2: You gonna you gonna you gonna be at eight day You gonna be at the scrimmage? Yeah, I'm
7: gonna yeah, yeah, try to be at a game because I yeah, might I not get up. Work like five or year. six in the morning, but you know. But anyway, you know, either way, it goes, I'm gonna watch it whether it be on TV or down there because you know. But yeah. I'm but I'm saying it like this, you know, I'm gonna try my best to be at 8 i a. Day. I'm gonna try my best to do it this year.
2: All right, all right. Well, we'll be checking. We'll be checking right, on you, Super Joe.
7: Well, again, right, well, Travis, good talk. about your partner and roll tide, man?
2: All right, Podna, take care of yourself, all right? We'll talk to you soon. Sounded like Super Joe was like down at Bryant-Denny Saturday just sort of hanging around, trying to maybe sneak in one of them gates. Said he chatted up Pete Golding's wife. Couldn't get on the pass list, it sounds like, though. But he got us some info on the quarterback situation. Love the intrepidness of Super Joe. It's all about getting that scoop. All about getting that info. And right now, where the quarterback situation is concerned, doesn't sound like anything too earth shattering. Pretty much what you anticipated going into the spring is played out exactly that way. And you did wonder, in that 2-3 area, was Jalen Milrow going to be able to come in and perhaps provide a charge there? A lot of focus on the 1-2 spot. But uh, maybe Jalen Milrow will make that thing interesting there. In that number two position, 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Still time for you on this Monday to check in. I haven't even gotten to talk a lot about the Mastis tournament over in Augusta. We did uh, sort of brush over it earlier in the show. Hideki Matsuyama, tough one for JT because Saturday he was really in a good spot. And he's got a couple of par fives coming up. And you're thinking, well, this is where with his combination of length, ball striking, and putting ability, this is where JT makes his move. It looked like Justin Rose more so on Saturday maybe at the top of the leaderboard. Matsuyama was pretty much a fixture throughout the weekend up there. But JT uh, with that disastrous 13th hole. On Saturday, that pretty much ended his hopes. But it was good to see Michael Thompson and JT, the two former Alabama players in the field, make the cut. And so now, for poor Jim Nance of CBS, it's on to dreary old Hilton Head Island. Poor Jim Nance, man. We told you last week was Jim Nance week. And it just keeps going because he calls the NCAA men's tournament Final Four championship game on Monday night, goes directly to Augusta for the Masters coverage on CBS. And now for recovery, poor Jim Nance makes that short drive from Augusta, Georgia, over to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where he'll be able to to regroup, to recharge. He needs it. You know, that little drive from Augusta, over to Hilton Head, it's pretty much back roads. It's pretty cool that way because a lot of the guys in that field from the Masters will be heading over to Harbortown, as I would too. Harbortown is spectacular, especially this time of year. Fun little golf course. As you might expect, they take great care of the golfers there at that event. Really an A-plus event on the PGA Tua. And going to have fans this year. That'll be different. Remember, the restart back in June on the tour, Hilton Head got moved from this time into the summer. Uh, but you didn't have fans. But, man, that's a party. It's a party at Hilton Head. Sort of low-key, but they have a good time. They do it big at the Heritage event on the PGA Tour. Going to step aside for a final break. We come back. More of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Right here on Side 100.9 FM, right after this.
0: Welcome um. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a mostly sunny sky. The high today, 82. Fair tonight with a low at 56. Tomorrow, partially sunny and warm. The high, 83. Wednesday, cloudy and cooler. A chance of showers during the day. Maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high, 73. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa
2: Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. When all else fails for the playlist theme, the default is 1978. You can go on that iTunes playlist thing, you know, and just put in 1978 Rockets. Oh, my goodness. You can't beat 78, man. It was all happening in 78. Now, I was 10 years old, so I didn't even really get a lot of what Mick was singing about here. Registered a little better about 10 years later. But I was down with the groove. There's no doubt about that. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolate Theater Studio Line. If you'd like to check in with us on a Monday, you are more than welcome to do so. Hey, we're doing winners and losers on a Monday. How about Hope Trout Wine? Did you see this? Pitcher for North Texas, softball pitcher for North Texas, 21 batters faced on Sunday, 21 strikeouts, struck out all 21 Arkansas Pine Bluff batters she faced in a three to nothing victory. You go do it, Hope. 21 for 21. I don't know if I've ever heard that before in college athletics. Certainly good for Hope. Uh, we gotta put Coach Prime on the loser list again. I don't know if you saw this on Saturday, but Dion Sanders, first year head coach at Jackson State, dropped his third straight game as head coach of the Tigers, and he is now 0-2 against teams from the state of Alabama. Bama State got him a couple weeks ago down in Montgomery and then trolled him on the video boards. And then it was Alabama A&M over the weekend, this time in Jackson taking Coach Prime to the woodshed. Did you also see Eddie George, former Tennessee Titans running back, going to be the new head coach at Tennessee State? It's cool to see at these historic black colleges and universities, these stars like Eddie George and Dion taking over programs. Makes you wonder who could be next. How about Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State, mama's calling. Time to do it. Can't help but think of the late, great Steve McNair, either, where Alcorn State's concerned, right? Kind of wonder if Steve McNair was still with us. Maybe he would be in line down there with the Braves of Alcorn State. But Eddie George going to take over at Tennessee State. Dion wasn't happy after this latest loss, either. Not sure if you heard or read the Post game remarks, but now that Dion's like two and three, and he's already made a quarterback change, Dion pretty much told the media on Saturday after that loss to A and M that we got better players coming. He essentially said that he had held off on throwing the inherited roster under the bus until this latest loss, and then it was big changes coming to the roster. And you look at the talent that JSU looks to have coming in and you sort of expect that. But Dion uh pulling no punches now, where the uh where the players are concerned. Kinda tough on his guys, I thought, after that latest loss. Two zero five, three four two, nine nine zero four. Hey Jacob, it seems like I mean, we kinda anticipated this, but the Mac Jones talk nationally is really getting intense. And uh, you got a lot of haters out there with Mac. Now, you're a smokescreen guy. You think the Niners at three, you're very much on record. You're dying on that smokescreen hill. And we're coaching you to do that. We're encouraging you to do that. Uh, But, man, some of the national folks are coming after Mac a little bit as a potential number three guy behind Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Coming to get him. Coming to get Mac Jones, getting a little heated with Mac.
3: It stems from a place of fear, I think, because these guys they don't want to be proven wrong, at least not by a team, you know, trading up to go get mm-hmm. Mac Jones. Like, like uh, Chris Collinsworth coming and saying, "There's no way in God's world that <laughs> Kyle Shanahan traded up for Mac Jones, bro." You don't know that, like uh, all all of these quarterbacks. I saw the the, the Pat McAfee show laid out a graphic of all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2010, and it's it's just slap full of busts. You have no idea who's going to pan out.
2: Well, it's, it's really amazing that we're so sold on Zach Wilson, but we're not sold on Mac. You know what I mean? I mean, and I get it. It's because pro day and dynamic ability and athleticism and homes like sort of twitch and things like that. You know, that's that's where we love Zach Wilson. But do we really know what Zach Wilson's going to do? Once you put him at that level, going against that kind of competition? Heck no, we don't. But we don't hear any of that with a guy coming out of BYU, you know?
3: But he can but, scramble, and he's got a powerful arm, Travis. Right. That's all you right. need to be successful in the NFL, apparently.
2: Exactly. That makes you Pat Mahomes. But that's not Mac, so he's a scrub. Yeah. Boy, the Mac Jones storyline is going to absolutely dominate leading up to the draft here in a couple of three weekends. But, uh, you know, you know, doesn't seem bothered by it in the least. Mac Jones. And if anything, in the words of Dabo Sweeney, just more and more free fuel for the other guy. You know, just the other guy in Mac Jones. Two zero five three four two. 9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolate studio line, as we wrap up a Monday edition of Southern Fry Sports. Yeah, you got a busy weekend, busy week coming up, too. Uh, before you get the Alabama Auburn baseball series going here this weekend, you got uh, Sanford in here tomorrow evening at the Joe, 6 p.m. first pitch. And then that Auburn series is Thursday to Saturday this week. So it's going to be happening pretty quick for Brad Bohannon's team. And with the way they played, in College Station, you probably don't mind getting back on the field as soon as possible. Alabama softball, Bama State in here Wednesday, and then another huge series. We talked about it going into last weekend's trip to Arkansas. Back-to-back series with Arkansas and Florida would be very much a defining sequence in terms of the Crimson Tide's quest for an SEC championship. Arkansas at 13 and 2 in the league now after dropping 2 out of 3 to the tide. Florida sits at 10 and 2. Alabama at 11 and 4 in the SEC. So there you go. Sets the table for you for the rest of the week on the Diamonds. Thank you so much for tuning in to Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob Harrison, as always, for making the show go. The lunch whistle on this Monday. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. I've told you many, many times, you've got a case of the Mondays. The best place to take care of that is at Southern Ale House. Great sandwiches, great burgers, great plate options. And then happy hour coming up later this afternoon. Never fails to deliver either at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.